What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Four Vaginas Only. In today's episode, we are going to talk about dun 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 PMS, also known as premenstrual syndrome, and we're also going to touch a little bit on PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is a little bit of a worse situation than PMS. So let's get right into the intro music. Yeah, you probably just want to listen to the actual music, huh? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Four Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. All right, guys. I'm Dr. Celestine, as most of you know right now. If you don't know, welcome to Four Vaginas Only, which is my podcast. You can also find a little bit more about me and some more up-to-date OBGYN topics on the Four Vaginas Only Instagram page. I also have a Facebook group for Four Vaginas Only as well, so just type that in to all of your social media outlets and you'll find me. Anyway, so this episode of Four Vaginas Only is going to be about PMS, which I mean... Either you know you have it, you think you have it, or the people around you are telling you you have it. So let's get a little bit more into it so we can find out if you truly do. Okay, so PMS, long name, premenstrual syndrome, but that's the last time I'm going to say that. From now on, we're just going to keep saying PMS, is a collection of symptoms that happens every month with your menstrual cycle. Not every day of the year, not randomly at sporadic times, but pretty consistently with your period. To be a little bit more specific, it usually starts about five days before your actual period starts and maybe will last about two to four days into your period, but should be completely gone after four days of your period and especially the week after your period's over. All of the symptoms that we're going to talk about should be non-existent. If you do have any symptoms that last longer than that or you feel are on most days of the year, that's usually an indication that you have something else going on, some sort of um, maybe history or new onset depression or anxiety or some sort of underlying issue that's not necessarily PMS. But we're not going to really get too much into the other stuff since today's episode is just on PMS. And I am also not an expert in depression and anxiety. That's more of a psychiatry thing. So I'm going to talk about what I know about. All right. So do you have PMS? That is the question. Um, I know a lot of you out there that are in relationships, the people that you're in relationships with sometimes will indicate to you that you do have PMS. But just because they think so does not mean that that's actually true. Um, but also, you know, it is, it is something that occurs in up to 85% of women that still have their period. So, I mean, it could be, but just don't take everybody else's word for it. Listen to kind of what I'm talking about today and then talk about it also with your OBGYN. All right. So PMS, what are the symptoms? Do you have it? Let's talk about it. So PMS is a collection of not just emotional symptoms, but also physical symptoms. So what are the emotional symptoms? Some of the emotional symptoms you might experience with PMS include depression, 
having angry outbursts, being super irritable, crying. Sometimes people say they cry for no reason. Being very, very anxious or um, confused. Having very poor concentration in things that you're actually trying to concentrate on. Also, sometimes insomnia can be part of it as well. A lot of these are also overlapping with depression symptoms, right? But like I said, in order for it to be PMS, it has to be really restricted to around the time of your period and not on just most days of the year. Physical symptoms. I get a lot of these. I definitely do have PMS, so I can kind of speak to you on a personal level as well. But here are the physical symptoms. Food cravings. A lot of people get this. I was just talking the other day about how um, I share this craving of chocolate with somebody around my period, and I don't really want chocolate any other time of the year, only when I have about to get my period. Anyway, TMI probably. Breast tenderness. A lot of people get tender breasts um, around the nipple, around the whole breast tissue that's very common with PMS. Abdominal bloating or weight gain. I know me personally, I gain two pounds just before my period, and it's completely gone about halfway through my period and definitely by the next week after, and that's just straight from abdominal bloating. You can also have headaches around the time of your period. You can also be very, very tired and not really, you know, want to be doing anything active. I've even heard of joint and muscle pain and swelling of the hands and feet and things like that around the period, which can also be a sign of PMS. Now, the best way to diagnose PMS is, like I've been saying, it has to be present in the five days before your period and end within four days after your period starts, and sometimes it interferes with some of your normal activities. But if you really want to document it at home and bring this document to your physician, it's best to keep a record of your symptoms at least for two to three um periods, so two to three months, so that you can have an idea of whether these things are happening to you more of just an everyday thing or if it really is related to your period. Now, with that being said, people that have depression or anxiety or even um, some thyroid disease, things like that, these symptoms that you do have on a regular basis can be amplified around the time of your period, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's PMS. It can just be an amplification of your your baseline condition. All right. Now, a lot of people have heard of PMS. It's a very common thing that people just know. But not many people know about premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is also called PMDD. PMDD, the reason many people don't know about it is because it really exists only in a very small percentage of women. But some of those women might be listening to this podcast, so let's talk about it. So premenstrual dysphoric disorder is cyclic, just like PMS. It occurs just around the time of your period, and it ends before your period is over, yada, yada. I've repeated this 500 times already, so you know what I mean. But the distinction between PMS and PMDD is that although the PMS symptoms are uncomfortable, the symptoms of PMDD are so severe that they interfere with your ability to function very comparable with other mental disorders such as major depressive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder. So similar to PMS, some of the symptoms of PMDD are having very extreme mood swings, 
feeling suddenly sad or tearful or very sensitive to rejection, being very irritable or angry, very depressed, feelings of hopeful, of hopelessness. That's very different from hopefulness. Hopelessness, like if there is just nothing in the world that's going to help you. Um, also being very, very on edge, having decreased interest in your normal activities, very difficult to concentrate, being very tired, changing your appetite, insomnia, feeling like you're just very overwhelmed or out of control. And also some of the physical symptoms like breast tenderness, bloating, etc. that we previously talked about with PMS. But the difference is that this um, these symptoms actually lead to clinically significant distress or interference with work, school, your usual social activities or relationships with other people, like avoiding social activities altogether, decreased productivity at work, at school, and efficient decreased efficiency at work, school, or at home. So I know what a lot of you are thinking. My relationship is strained every time I get my period. You know, I end up in fights with my significant other, and that's, you know, seems like I might have PMDD. Well, I'm here to tell you that the majority of that is probably just PMS, because a lot of women experience that, not necessarily PMDD. It is very hard to differentiate between PMS and PMDD, but those that have PMDD, you know, you really will have a lot of problems at work and at school, especially. Those two will be really strained around the time of your period. But it's even hard for me to explain it just on a podcast. I think the best thing to do would be to write down your symptoms for at least two to three months of your period and bring that in to your doctor so you guys can discuss whether you have PMS or PMDD and what to do from there. Luckily, the treatment of PMS and PMDD can be similar. So you can start with some of the treatments for PMS and, you know, work your way up if it's not working for you. And then we'll talk a little bit more about what those treatments will be. Okay, so in terms of treatment for PMS, sometimes just a change in your lifestyle can lessen the symptoms of PMS. For example, exercise. Technically aerobic exercise, such as brisk walking, running, cycling, swimming, these things that increase your heart rate and your lung function. And if you regularly do it, not just the days that you have symptoms, then it can decrease your overall symptom profile from PMS. A good goal is at least 30 minutes of exercise most days of the week. Another thing that you can do is try relaxation methods to help relax and reduce the stress that you have in your everyday life. Some things that you can try to do are breathing exercises, meditation, which I have never been good at because my mind continues to run like crazy, and also yoga or massage therapy, which is my favorite thing. I actually just got a massage yesterday. Some women actually do find these things to be quite helpful in terms of their PMS symptoms. And if that doesn't work... You can even try some changes in your diet or combine the changes in your diet with exercise and relaxation. Some changes in your diet that are recommended include eating a diet that has complex carbohydrates, which includes whole grains like um, whole wheat bread, pasta, cereal, barley, brown rice, beans, and lentils. So even if you're on a low-carb diet and you're trying to stay away from wheat bread and pasta, you could still do beans and lentils, which 
Um, you should be getting some of that, some of those nutrients anyway in your regular diet. Also, some say that adding calcium to your diet can actually help um, relieve some PMS symptoms, usually taking 1,200 milligrams of calcium a day or eating calcium-rich foods like yogurt, leafy green vegetables, and adding that into your diet can help as well. Now, with calcium supplementation, I would just say make sure you talk to your doctor about it because there's some conditions that if you have, you should not be taking any extra calcium um, in terms of at least the pill form. So I would talk to your physician about that before adding it into your regimen. Also, you can decrease your intake of fat, salt, and sugar, decrease your caffeine and alcohol, which can be hard for some people, um, and change your eating schedule to eating small meals a day rather than large meals. That can keep your blood sugar stable and help with your symptoms as well. There's also some limited evidence on taking magnesium supplements to decrease bloating and breast tenderness, and also vitamin E supplements to reduce the overall symptoms of PMS. But with any medication, please talk to your doctor first because you never know what can interact with what. So don't just take my word for it. Make sure that you talk to somebody that knows your personal history before you start taking anything, even if it's over the counter. Okay, and then there's some prescription medications that have been shown to decrease PMS and PMDD. For one is birth control pills. More specifically, a birth control pill that contains the progestin called drospirinone, a fancy name. But for those of you that are aware of some of the brand names of birth control pills, the ones that contain this progestin are those such as Yasmin, Yaz, Gianvi, Lorena, Nikki, Osella. Those are just a few of the brand names that contain drospirinone, which are has been shown to offer relief from both the physical and psychological aspects of PMDD. But in 2012, the FDA announced that women taking Yaz and other drospirinone-containing birth control pills may be at an increased risk of developing blood clots compared to women taking birth control pills with other forms of progestin in it. So if you have any type of blood clotting disorder or any increased chance or family history of blood clots, you should talk to your doctor as to whether or not you should even try to take this form of birth control simply to decrease your PMS or PMDD symptomatology. And the last prescription medication I'm going to talk about for decreasing PMS and PMDD symptoms are antidepressants. They can be very helpful in some women, especially those that have PMDD. I've seen two different schools of thought. You can either take them two weeks before the onset of your symptoms, so about two weeks before the five days before your period, (laughs) or you can take them every day as if they were prescribed for depression. The most common antidepressants that people would take for these are called SSRIs, selectin serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And some of the names that you might be familiar with are Celexa, Lexapro, Prozac, Zoloft, etc. So definitely talk to your doctor about taking an SSRI for PMS or PMDD, especially if all of the previous things I talked about, diet, lifestyle change, relaxation, supplements, and birth control pills are not working for you. One other tidbit about birth control pills, you don't necessarily have to take the drospirinone form of birth control. One thing that you can do is take your birth control pills differently. You can take them continuously 
without having a period every month and probably having a period, let's say, three times a year or so. And that'll decrease the amount of times that you will experience PMS, right? If you think about it, you're having less times that you have your period during the year and PMS is associated with your period. So you will have experienced less symptoms from your PMS. But it's still important to have a period at least a few times a year. So if you're going to do this method, don't just do it with the birth control pills that you have already prescribed by your doctor on your own. Make sure you go in and you have a discussion about exactly how many periods a year that you need to be having, but also how consistently or how continuously you can take the birth control pill to decrease your PMS or PMDD symptoms. All right, that's it. That is almost everything that I know about PMS and PMDD. So I hope I've helped you guys figure out which one you may or may not have and kind of explain some of the symptoms that you're feeling. And you know, it's not just in your head. These things do happen to at least 80% of the population. So make sure you go to your doctor, have a conversation with them about what you can do to decrease your symptoms so that you have just better relationships, better concentration, and just feel better overall and not be kind of a slave to these period symptoms all the time. As women, we go through a lot, huh? Just talking about this makes me feel like we really experience the gambit of things out there that there are to experience. But anyway, that is the end of the episode. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for staying with Four Vaginas Only. Please follow Four Vaginas Only Instagram page as well as the Four Vaginas Only Facebook group, both of which you can find on either platform by typing in at Four Vaginas Only. And thanks for listening. Until next time, guys. See ya.